Welcome to the Buried Gems Podcast, where we dig through internet literature to try and find the next big thing. So what is Kratom exactly? Kratom is a plant found in Southeast Asia, and apparently the leaves are dried, and it's used... It's been used in lots of different things, but it's like a opioid withdrawal uh, medication or also like an opioid replacement for like pain relief and that kind of stuff. But it's really interesting because at very low levels, it works as like uh, a stimulant. Mm-hmm. But if you take more of it, it becomes a sedative. And so it becomes more. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And it's totally legal as of right now in the United States. So. Legal. Oh, thanks. See, I, that's what I was going for. It looks like a pile of uh, mustard seed on the Wikipedia page, and I'm down for that. It's an I hate integral part bad. of any barbecue rub. What is happening with Fancy? We uh, bleep that. We had the we we got these beers that thirty seconds that have that weird pop top. Right, he's having to go get towels and stuff with that weird pop top where like you basically rip the entire. I don't top know what you're talking about. Off. What type of beer is this? I know. I no, no this is the first day I've ever had one. Beer can it's... weird tab is what I'm going to Google now, and we'll see if we get it. Yeah. It's like only really hipster companies do it. That sounds about right. I should probably see that in the microphone. I like how Fancy was like, hey, you know what? We got to sync up recording. Oh, I see. By the way, I need to go get a beer. Oh, uh, yes, I see one of these. No, he had to go get a paper towel. Oh, because it ruined it? No, now this, he is spilled... me, this is giving me guitar tabs for songs about beer, which is not what I wanted. <laughs> I mean, it's what I wanted. Well, too bad. You're, you're too bad. That's fair. I just I just slammed my uh, microphone into the table. It has three legs, and now they're crushed into the table like a lesser being. <laughs> and there's a gigantic spike <laughs> on my audio. This is this is this is what happens when we mess up. <laughs> oh, oh, it's just yeah. It, when it rains, it pours. It's going to be unlistenable unless you remove that spike. This is exactly like in every sitcom when they mess, start messing up the filming and then they can't get serious again because oh, yeah. they're cracking up. Well, yeah. that's it's like Game of Thrones season eight when like, you know, they were like, shit, the script already sucks. All right. We just got to roll with it. You know? By the time this episode yeah. comes put a, out, put a coffee so cup in shot. Topical. Uh, it's still going to be topical. <laughs> and then they're sitting there with all their contracts that say they have to like be good sports. And they're like, yeah. oh, no, I don't understand. <laughs> season eight was like the best season. I wish. Yeah. Is it an A or an A plus? That's the debate. It's why it has all the Emmy nominations right now, because it's amazing. I want to get myself an Emmy nomination, and I wonder if I could get a write-in, like, crowdfunded Twitter bomb campaign to do it. Actually, I do know how to get an Emmy nomination, but it has to do with... Yeah, you have to go to this website. It's uh, barrygyms.podbing.com, and you email us at barrygymspodcast at gmail.com, and you say, can we get an email nomination, because this is the Barry Gyms Podcast, and I won't get you an Emmy... I lied. I can't. I can't do that. But you know, you could still do all those things, and I guess it'd be a good way to spend five minutes. Yeah, or uh, or you could get Marianne Williamson to get an Emmy if for her spoken word reading. She's gonna uh, fight the that administration with love, and you know what? I'm that cool. deserves an Emmy. Yeah, I believe. I mean, let's give everyone. An Emmy. I would genuinely. I don't know, man. The dark specter of another comedy candidate winning has gotten me spooked, but. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely kind of like Marianne Williamson, and I don't hate her. I would like to hear Obama read Catcher in the Rye. That would be the best audiobook of all time. You know, my you question know is, where is Obama's secret cult manifesto that guided the hippie movement? Like, we haven't, we've seen Marianne Williamson. She's very open with it. She's Oprah's spiritual advisor. Where's Obama's? Where, yeah, point. where's his long-form ter- long 
uh, spiritual advisor. This is yeah, why this I is mean, why Obama shouldn't be president. I know, right? I mean, I've been protesting not, as president since two thousand and two. Look, I'm just saying. It, you know what? Twenty twenty, not Obama, not again. I refuse. not again. You can't never again. Me. Yeah, never you know, again. I, I'll actually agree. I don't think I'm going to vote for him either. Honestly, you've, I you've, mean, you convinced Charlie that's, here. Yeah, yeah. Well, so before we get uh, too topical, uh, we got to talk to our literary experts today. Uh, we got uh, Charlie here. Uh, what, what would you say your expertise is? I would say my expertise is uh, with literature that has to deal with apes. Apes. Yeah, so mainly Curious George, but there's certainly others. Yeah, are you good at... Uh, so they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Can you convert a Curious George book into an audio novel? Oh, absolutely. How long on average would you say it is? <laughs> about uh, about two hours. Okay. okay. It's not that hard. So like, so like you know, 5,000, 6,000 words. So it's a pretty short book. Well, mainly I've just had to figure out the right person that can play the man in the big yellow hat. Oh, yeah. It's uh, that, 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 I that's don't, really the crucial. That is hard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we also got Thomas, who, what would be your expertise? Um, honestly, jack shit. Nothing. I haven't done anything of note in my entire life, and I don't plan to change that. All right. Experts are okay. well, uh, I mean, all narcs and scamps, and I don't want to talk Yeah, I mean, uh, screw the intellectual elite. Uh, they can all go burn... In their liberal hell, and we can sit here and drink beers on the porch. Yeah, yeah cool. and their ivory towers with their tofu farting. You know, last episode I came in, I came in hot and harsh, and I don't want to be that person anymore. Like, if that's what literary criticism is, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be part of it. I want to just be, no, you, want to, you know, I want, to, I want to embody the spirit of Marianne Williamson and just go full love all the time, minigun mini full of lipstick. Like, I'm coming at you, and it's going to be lovely. Well, I, I mean, ho- I, think, I think the authors are going to appreciate that today. And of course, you got me, your host, the fancy octopus, and then you also got proper gent, your narrator over here. That's me and my role. Yeah. So, uh, do you guys like this? Is a author you guys might know of. You've heard of them before. Wasp Sting is coming back. Do you guys? Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Nope. Wasp Sting. The name's familiar. Ah, the new Marvel character. I, I guess. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. part of yeah, it, but I've they also right. have Ant-Man. they also have a fiction press, uh, one that we featured. So we feature them quite a few times. I'll read their bio again just for fun. Uh, hello, you may have heard of me. I am Wasp Sting, but was once called Honeybee Twelve. I like reading and writing stories, especially funny stories. It helps me restore my f- slowly dying faith in humanity. And nice. stories about revenge, I remember that are my favorite. <laughs> I don't remember what the story was, but I remember that part of the bio. <laughs> I want to write a book someday. I write for fan fiction too, and when I'm on there, my username is Foxtrot Tango five four three with underscores. So also, if you're looking for Wasp Sting on Fiction Press, it's Wasp Sting, but instead of an I, it's got a one. It's a little hacker. So they were a bee, and now they're a wasp. Yeah, they got a little oh, edgier. So they've evolved. Yeah, they've gotten they've gotten edgier. Oh, right? oh, good. Yeah. Before we get into the story, I've been remember when we had the dude who plagiarized that Three Stooges story. Yeah. Okay, so I've been like, I've been getting notifications every time he posts a story sent to my email. And like trying to check them oh. all for plagiarism. Turns out it's kind of hard to do. I don't know how uh, how the academics do it, but it doesn't seem like he's plagiarizing that much. All the rest of them are just stories about adult cartoons, like Family well, Guy, you know, American Dad. Yeah, I've read a few of them, but he also took down the plagiarized story. Oh, seriously? He took it off of Fikwad. Oh, like, I commented. I, my on original... it. I got it taken down. Yeah. Oh my god. And so I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm the left wing wow, silencing dark. voices. And I don't, and I've tried to reach out to him, um, but I 
forget. I need might need to send the message again, but I think he ignored my my messages. I can't for an interview. You, you got this guy deplatform. I deplatform. You're shadow banning him. You deplatform this guy off Fickwad, man. For, it, like, uh, he need, plagiarizing Three Stooges fan fiction. Yeah, and his story. Oh, he has a lot of stories that were on Fickwad and on Fiction Press. He didn't move that story over. So he, he he got caught. And I've been trying to contact Gina DeLaggio, but the only way I could contact her is by leaving a comment on a Google Groups about a Three Stooges film <laughs> from 2000. <laughs> it, was, it was the only place I could find her, and she hasn't responded back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We have to go deeper. Anyway, that's, the, that's uh, our detective update. for this. Yeah, so that that's the... If you were wondering, that's the plagiarism update. Uh, Picklegate is still open. Anyway, uh, so this story we're reading today is called Miracle Milkshakes. Uh, the tagline is, there's a cafe in a high street that's closer to you than you think. They sell smoothies and milkshakes that can cure not just your thirst, but your problems too. Curious? Indeed. Okay. Uh, so do you, so if you, apparently no one here except for me has heard of Wasping, which I find... Impressive. I remember the uh, name and I remember reading the bio, but I do not remember what story you read. Yeah, we've read uh, quite a few of them. I have never read a single story <laughs> about this author <laughs> ever. I find that very hard to believe. <laughs> never, <laughs> never happened. No idea who this person is. He's doing the Nixon route. Um, <laughs> um, so, are you guys ready to hear a good story about Moses? Yes. The magic milkshake shop in the high street didn't look like it was supposed to be there. It looked shabby, worn, and run down. Nothing like the shiny, pristine condition the other shops were kept in. Some people thought it was an embarrassing blemish on an otherwise clean market square. Another thing that magic milkshakes didn't have in common with the other shops was the insides. The rest of the shops didn't care for interior design, where they could paint the entire shop one color and be done with it. Whoever designed the interior of the cafe clearly knew their stuff. It was furnished with matching red chairs, with padded yellow seats, and the walls were painted a lovely orange, like the sand of a desert. The tables and contours were a dirty pink, like the very start of a sunrise, and the milkshakes were really made the customers knew know why the word magic was in their shop's name. They were creamy, full of flavor, and tasted natural. Nothing bad could be said about them. They were perfect. How do you guys think about that uh, color scheme? That was... I don't know. I really loved that. Like, that was really evocative. Like, I think it's... um, It reminds me of, like, a pastel sunset. Or it says sunrise here, yeah. but it reminds me of, like, if you were playing, like, an indie game with a lot of pixel art. And they had like a sunset. Uh, yeah. It'd be everything would be bathed in this orange red pinkiness. I think that's a very oh yeah. And you've got like an eight bit like uh, techno y kind of EDM style yeah soundtrack. Chill, chill something going on like the sun's setting. I can totally. It also that. reminds me strongly of the color scheme of lo-fi hip hop beats to chill and study too. Oh yes, that's, that's literally what cow? I had in mind when I was yeah. just describing that. Yeah, that actually that does make me think of Chilled Cow. Yeah, a uh, plug to Chill Cow. He's pretty cool. Um. Despite the appearances from the outside that told you the shop has seen better days, there is still a steady stream of customers coming in, searching for a sweet cup of goodness. Old couples looking for a quiet place to stop by for a snack, parents with young children who are in need of a break, high school sweethearts on a nervous first date, you say it, they were in the cafe drinking a glass of chocolate milkshake and telling each other about their day. Sally and Quinn were best friends. Well, to anyone who didn't look closely, that was how it would seem. 
Sally and Quinn were polar opposites in every way. Sally was the athletic one with short blonde hair and killer fashion sense, while Quinn was rather overweight with long brown hair and wore the same kind of frumpy sweaters every day. Sally only kept Quinn around for two reasons. She had a reputation for being a mean girl and wanted to change that by being friends with someone she had nothing in common with. And because Quinn was so unattractive, it made her look better in comparison. Once the two were alone, Sally would bully Quinn to the point of tears and then blackmail her into silence. And quiet... And a quiet place like this cafe would was that was barely on the map was the perfect place to do it. The fact that it was a summer school holidays didn't hurt either. Okay, I knew there was some uh, some drama coming because I, I know that the traditional story involves a conflict, but I was really hoping, totally in vain, that this was just going to be like a very nice <laughs> description of a crazy heavenly malt shop. Just like a really nice milk shop. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, but, third, that third paragraph where they talk about the people coming in was also just lovely. Just a wonderful time. Like, and then we find out about Sally abusing the shit out of Quinn. Mm. Nice. Get, Shouldn't have gotten my hopes up. Yeah. And she, it, well, may- or Wasping has said that they write stories about revenge, so. See, that's what, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that, so. Quinn, stop embarrassing me like that. Sally was heard saying the moment she walked into the building. Quinn, three paces behind her, as per usual. What did I do? Quinn whimpered, already preparing for the verbal onslaught Sally would unleash. Ha <laughs> ha, you don't know what happened. Sally mocked. Well, I'll tell you what happened. When we were going into that nice makeup place that everyone knows about, your fat ass was too slow to keep up with me, and you were gra- gasping for breath the moment you came in. I saw someone looking at you like you were disgusting. Quinn froze with shame. Just forget about it. I'll get our order. Find us a table. Wait for me there and think about how you could maybe not humiliate me in front of so many people. Her name's Sally, right? She's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Not a fan of Sally. No. How about you guys? No. Not at all. Any, anybody team Sally this? here? Why does Quinn put up with this? I guess it's like any abusive relationship where you're just afraid of the consequences. You, fall into you don't it. really realize you're in it until it's too late. And Why do they stay, Steve? <laughs> Why do they stay? <laughs> How could this happen to me? Yeah, it's just, you know, you you, you probably don't realize that you're how bad it is until someone like forces yeah. you to realize it in a way. Obediently, Quinn took a table where her chair was as close to the door as she could get it without being too close to Sally, while her friend got the milkshakes. Behind the counter was Zia Min, a Chinese lady behind the business's success. Nobody could ever guess her age, simply saying she wasn't young, but not old, either. She was of average height and weight and was very fond of her customers. So when she saw this rude girl insert her friend this moment, she walked into her cafe and then refused to let the tormented girl make a decision as simple as what order she'd like. Well... Zia couldn't let that happen. I got to say, they described everybody pretty intensely. Not Zia. Just not young, average. not old. Average height. <laughs> average average height. weight. So she's uh, someone left their character on the created characters on the default settings and forgot to <laughs> actually press confirm and started the whole campaign with their character. <laughs> Just as a blank like, oh, template. Oops. It's like, yeah, yeah, I, got regular co- I got regular Commander Shepard shit. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got the dude He's from the bull- commercials. <laughs> and if you were just gonna make a default human being, if you think about total population distribution, it would make sense that it's a Chinese person. So hey, look, That's it's fair. John video game. 
<laughs> I've always noticed this with Wasting as well, too. He has always had a tendency to comment really harshly about people's weight and, like, sizes and stuff like that. And, like, in almost a judgy way when it's in narration. Like, it's I remember... weird. I know. Like, there was one story reading where, like, like, he was, like, insulting the poor, like, victim, like, in the narration as well, too. It's like, this is... This is really weird. This isn't even the bully. This is just like, and her fat arms got in the way of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I don't know what uh, what fat wasping has with with uh, fatness, but I mean, I don't know. At least Did we this say one... when this story was written? Uh, this. Oh yeah, I forgot. This was written in 2018. Oh, okay, it's December okay, 25th. Great. So pretty recently. Yeah. They wrote this on Christmas. Yeah, they published it on Christmas. Oh. This is their Christmas gift to the world. Ah, that's nice. Happy Kwanzaa. Second only to Jesus. <laughs> Good morning, miss, she said with forced politeness. What would you like to have? Do you do smoothies? Sally asked. Uh, yes, we do, miss. Zia answered, happy to have the vain girl's attention. Our smoothies have their own section on the menu. Thank God, Sally exclaimed. <sighs> Girls gotta watch her figure. My friend, however, doesn't care for such feminine things, so she'll have the milkshake. Okay, hear me out. Bit of a uh, there's a, there's a there's a silver lining to this insult. She didn't. She knew what Quinn wanted. Well, we don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> what if Quinn wanted the, the blizzard or the, I don't know, maybe she wanted a smoothie too. That, but I do remember, I was Wasping the one who wrote that story about the dude feeding or the woman feeding her husband forever until he yeah, got Yeah, like yes. tying him, tying him yeah. down to the bed. Yep. Okay, food down so here we have another character ordering something fattening for another character. I wonder if there's a feeder thing going on under the surface here. Do you think he, the author's being fed? All the time? Maybe that's why they can publish on Christmas. That's all I'm mm. saying. Oh. Wasping, if you're listening, if you have a feeder fetish, it's okay. As long as it's consent, I'm fine with it. And my I question to you, Wasping, is are you strapped to a bed right now? <laughs> if so, write us a story <laughs> telling a story. us your location so we can help you out because we, we, we care about your wellness. <laughs> It'd be funny if in the last story is that at 1610 Parkdale Place. Yeah. <laughs> I would have driven there. Little Rock, Arkansas. I would have made that drive. I would have kicked in the door and been like, Are you okay, uh, This is the Barry Jim's investigative journalist team. <laughs> we busted plagiarism. Now we're busting kidnappers. <laughs> All in a day's work for Barry Jim's podcast. We're, we're gonna. I think it's like you know, like uh, a puzzle. Basically, every story has a little clue to the location, and so hopefully, by all those, you know, all the stories that we read, we can find his location and break him out. When are you yeah. gonna make our hardcore left turn pivot into true crime journalism? <laughs> Everyone's doing this it. Is it. True crime is Wait in up. right now. We got Dude, true do. crime is huge. Every there seems to be a million podcasts about people solving crimes that they have no right solving. Yeah. <laughs> well, based on my extensive history as a plumber, I conclude that she's stuck in the plumbers or stuck in the pipes. <laughs> she's <laughs> stuck in the plums. She's stuck in the stuck plums. In the plums. I don't know how it happened. Plum. I don't know why me as a plumber can qualify to know what's inside of a plum, but she was distributed bit by bit into individual plums. Hey, you know my what? name is Takaru. I'm stuck in the plums. You know, I've been. 
<laughs> she shot a pointed look at Quinn, who tried to make herself invisible, but that was all for naught. Zia decided that Sally needed a major attitude adjustment. The sooner, the better. So she made them their drinks in record time, served them, and let her creations do the job for her. Okay. You need to work on your image more if you ever want me to invite you to a party being held by the popular kids. Sally told Quinn casually, not seeing how shameful it was for her to bring it up in public. Like what? Quinn asked. If you want to rise up the ranks, you've got to start with the little things, like getting rid of all that acne. It looks terrible! Sally pointed out. As she spoke, Quinn's face started clearing up. Soon her face was completely clear of spots, while Sally's face was littered with pockmarks and zits and acne scars. But neither girl noticed, which was all part of Zia's plan. After you've got that under control, you should start getting used to makeup. Going all natural just doesn't work for you. I gotta say to any women listening, going all natural is actually pretty nice. <laughs> like, I, I, are you guys cool with going all natural people? Oh, totally. No. But also, oh, it's, it's just... In, <laughs> you know, everyone has their own thing. Well, yeah, yeah, it's your own thing. Do what makes you more comfortable. I'm just saying there seems to be a weird, I don't know, weird thing about it. I think there's too much, but I don't, I, I, you know, I think there's also, you know, done. You know, the right amount balance. of makeup is whatever makes you happy. Don't feel obliged to wear any, but if you want exactly. to, don't feel bad about it. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. That's, That's our new podcast, giving advice to women about things we know nothing about. <laughs> Mansplaining, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, here's how you fix your periods. <laughs> now, if you want to talk about menstruation... I'm your guy. Yeah. Now, if you, get, if you get if you get a you know a little uh you know one inch basin, one inch one inch end cap there, and stick it right up there, no bullets coming out. Oh, Look, come on. if you yeah. want if you want to stop your periods, okay, you need to put that apple back on the tree of knowledge, you little <laughs> shitheads. Yeah, I know menstruate. I know cycle. I, I you call me the Lance Armstrong of menstrual cycle. That's that's how about good I am. Well, you know, I ribs know. ribs are always so fall off the bone juicy. You know, you're made from ribs, and therefore you're pretty <laughs> juicy. You know, you're pretty you're pretty juicy, girl. That's just the transitive property. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sally criticized now it was her wearing no makeup while Quinn was wore a little mascara lipstick and her nails were done beautifully here's another good tip for you stop stealing from your granny's closet wear clothes from this century please Sally advised both girls clothes changed and morphed into new but very different outfits Sally wore a blue 1D shirt with green and orange striped leggings topped off with a ratty old pair of trainers. Quinn looked stunning in her new outfit of white jeans with a purple dress over it and a pair of sandals and heels that looked new. You guys see the what's happening? She is very obtuse. Like they, they she doesn't like notice when her literal clothes change. Like I get the makeup. Neither That's of not them are. But I don't think you're, you don't have a frame of reference for understanding when your clothes change while on your body. Like, I'm not sure I've ever had to assess whether that's happened before. I don't know how Look, I'd react. As someone that is friends with a magician, I noticed, okay? I'm very qualified to speak about this subject. Fair, fair. Because well, it's happened to me. He does have a PhD. The podcast. Magician's planning. A magician's planning. The hmm. new, I'm telling all these magicians how they should be acting. That'd be a great podcast I am like, where you interview magicians and they explain their tricks. 
but then they'd all get uh they'd all get uh I feel blacklisted. Like that would work better I feel in like a visual the- setting. <laughs> I, I feel like I, right. I'll just explain like so, just, so there's a 45 degree angle cut in the box okay this looks really crazy right and so it just appears from nowhere I wonder if the magician union would like cast spells on me and stuff and like cause you know the podcast to explode what would they do so. make bunnies appear in your hats all the time and you just have a lot of new f- cool pets I can't afford to you know feed all those bunnies I'm just screwed. release them into the elementary school <laughs> they'll get a new why owner. am i at the elementary school take him to the chinese to drop <laughs> off the bunnies i thought it made sense mystery meat monday mystery meat monday <laughs> <laughs> rabbit actually tastes pretty good yeah but don't eat too much of it you can't get full nutrition out of it get, it's a it's a little chewy you get rabbit sickness i'm not oh, chicken but isn't that, the, isn't that the new baby wookie that was just born a little chewy <laughs> 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 uh. Okay, one thing I like to point out, the whole concept here is that they're switching the things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um I have a little bit of a critique here. So they're switching from, you know, Quinn looks like this, Sally looks like this, and then when Sally makes an insult, they switch, right? Mm-hmm. Uh this is implying that Quinn She's did right. look horrible yeah. all yeah. the time. It's very and that normal. Sally's punishment was to look like Quinn. I was going to get into that. I was going to wait to see where the story went, but that was my... I was going to make that critique, too. It's that, like, it's still reinforcing the idea that your outward appearance is... Is what matters is determining most. of ...is determined by, let's say, your character. And so it's like, oh, in this world, it's switching to make things match. But it's like, no, Quinn could still have been the better person and still looked, like, quote-unquote like worse. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right, but she... But she want, what if she wanted to look better? Well, that's fine, but I'm, it's... It's not necessarily. I think what the story is trying to. You're say assuming is, a lot of things about Quinn's personality. Maybe she would. Maybe she's <laughs> a part of an improvident family. Maybe Quinn's the worst. Maybe Quinn's a. Maybe she was also ugly on the inside. Maybe Quinn takes whatever they Sally does to her and does to little cats. So yeah, maybe it's just a cycle <laughs> of abuse. Maybe 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 Quinn was taking rabbits she kept getting and yeah. releasing him into elementary school for Mystery Meat Monday. Exactly. Maybe Quinn's the next Hitler. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? She might be. She may have. She might be able to do it now that she's all pretty. No, maybe it was um, before she wouldn't have. She was able to do it, but now since she's become like pretty, she'll get too caught up in like actually hanging out with people and uh, becoming maybe, socially yeah. adjusted to become the next Hitler. Maybe we think Quinn's all normal and everything, but she's really like, hey, I'm not racist, but if every other race gets an ethno state, why can't white people have an ethno state? <laughs> That's like totally not a racist thing to say at yeah. all. She's like, Sally's just a cultural Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> See, things are, things are going on here. <laughs> goes on a rant about white birth rates. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, all the antidepressants can't. making people not want to fuck anymore, not to mention the immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> and a pair of sandals with heels that look new. Jesus Christ. I I, I was not expecting that turn. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to talk about your hair. You can't just brush it. It has to be styled, washed. The split ends will need to be trimmed. Basically, it has to be perfect. Sally nitpicked. Neither girl noticed how Quinn's hair was now the envy of girls anywhere, while Sally's hair was a tangled mess at best. Once that's done, you'll have to lose a lot of weight before you can ever get a date without being laughed at. Nobody will want you if you look like you spend your free time tasting everything the bakery has to offer. What a career that'd be. Wow. Oof, that God, would be... Can I get paid for that? Yeah. Less. Sally uh, told Quinn. I mean, I yeah, 
I think you can actually like a bakery tester because they make it fresh. That sounds like a job, like female boob inspector. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I know what, that they the have those get the, the t-shirts with the FBI female boob inspector. Yeah, I mean, I know that like the very large chain corporations have test labs. Oh that, yeah, that's yeah. where they just like, test crazy Dunkin stuff. Dunkin' Donuts probably has it. Yeah, just Timbits all day, all day long. As the now beautiful, curvy girl sobbed and ruined her mascara, she began to slim down. She went from being a wide low to portly, then <laughs> fat, chubby, healthy, and then curvy. Oh, man. That was, um, that was a series of adjectives. Can we, can we go through that <laughs> real quick? I just so, want to make sure that there's no is, gaps in this. So, you know there's a Gabriel Iglesias uh, ranking oh, of yeah, fat. Oh, yeah. I remember so, that. Husky, so, healthy. Yeah. So, we're, we're not at, so, apparently, we're not at fluffy yet. We're below fluffy because this ranking of fat goes from wide load, which is, I wouldn't okay. really say that's a level of fat. That's more like an insult because it's right. a joke on, but. That's so, a less clear adjective. It goes from wide load to portly. Okay. Portly. Got it. Then fat. So I feel like portly is less than fat. Yeah. If portly is like, you're yeah, kind of rounded, yeah. but you're like. Yeah. Well, I feel like some of the, my, my issue is that some of these adjectives would have to do directly with like, let's say you're fat. Content and some are more adjectives on like your shape. Yeah, because like portly is less about how fat. For example, if a man is described as like burly, it's yeah. like okay, he I could see him being fat or not fat. Like, yeah, yeah, he's just a be, big guy. Like, like a lumberjack. And see, Danny DeVito, yeah. what I would absolutely describe as portly. I'm not sure I would call him fat. I mean, he yeah, is kind of, but he's, he's a like little fat. More portly, but he's not than definitely. Fat. But I wouldn't say like fat, fat, because fat has like the the shape of like kind of spilling over almost. Right. Yeah. But, so yeah, so more portly or stout than anything. So goes then, wide low to also, portly. Also, I, I have to nitpick here. It says, as the now beautiful curvy girl sobbed and ruined her mascara, she began to slim down. But curvy is the end point of the scale here. Yeah. Did she, did she I mean, do a, like a... Because usually curvy means hourglass. Yeah. So that means she's losing... So the let's say the rate at which she's losing fat is not proportional to all body parts, obviously. Because yeah. if someone's curvy, they still have... You know, yeah, they their have. hips and stuff are wide. They have a lot of chunk there. But wait, and the, so it goes fat, then what? Okay, so it chubby? goes wide load, portly, then fat, yeah, chubby, then healthy, <laughs> and then the curvy. Are fine. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. I literally don't get what's the difference between healthy and curvy. Healthy and curvy, because you're like, okay, chubby. Okay, so what's chubby. just below chubby? That implies I just that imagine- she's now less healthy. Like the way this yeah. is ordered, that she's she's crossed through healthy and come out the other side. Yeah, that's a mess of it. Mean, you could also be healthy and chubby at the same time. Yeah, like, I mean, because chubby isn't really like, because I mean, like, you wouldn't say, like, if someone was chubby, you wouldn't be like, oh, well, their weight is a health problem yet. Right, of course not. But yeah, so, like, I like I would say, like, chubby, like, fat, at that point, you could be like, your your weight is an actual right, possible health problem. but not problem. a chubby. Not a chubby, because chubby on the BMI, you're still, like, in the semi-healthy weight range. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably, like, 25 to 27, 28, and then yeah. fat. And then once you, like, 30. 32. Yeah. Well, this has been a, a real mess of a ranking we're, scale. We're, we're, real t- we're mansplaining a lot today. We're in the danger zone. <laughs> Where are we? Um, I've just imagined her, like, if we take these all literally, like, that she's rapidly transmogrifying between these very distinct <laughs> shapes. Instead of it being a smooth gradation, she starts to have curvy, <laughs> then immediately gets to be, like, five feet wide, then she shrinks into a sphere, then she, she gets becomes a fat and, like, person, dark magic then she gets smaller, then she becomes just a normal person, then she gets curvy again, so she's right back to where she started. That's, yeah, that's the, that's the weird thing, because it's, like, it, it's presented as if she's just losing weight, but it's, like, going from healthy to curvy, 
I know it doesn't have to be this, but it almost makes me feel like, oh, it's like, oh, her hips got wider. Yeah. yeah like, her yeah. boobs got bigger or something. Yeah. yeah. And her stomach got smaller. Like, the, the yeah. weird, unrealistic depiction. But anyway, that was an interesting list. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you looked at Sally, you would be able to see where all Quinn's excess weight had ended up. And then some. Sally looked like she was going to break the chair she was sitting on, her porky body leaning over the table, which roared with relief when the two finally finished their orders, paid, and left. As they walked, several wolf whistles were uh, were called from around the high street. Wolf whistles? Wolf whistles? It's cat calling. Yeah. Dang, that's like a hardcore version. That's like that's like some intense cat calling. Yeah. A wolf whistle oh. is specifically... Whereas oh. a cat call is that... Wolf whistle is a type of cat calling, but cat calling can include like, oh, hey, gorgeous, you know, things like, hey, oh, are you baby doing? girl, come sit on my lap. Yeah, as we all Ugh. are experts in cat calling, evidently. I do it every day and it works less than that's, 1% of the time. I call I call lots of cats to my house. Oh, I said like, I, kitty, kitty, kitty. Yeah. I would love if cat calling got call. reclaimed to be like duck calling, you know, like hunters go out in the woods with duck calls <laughs> <laughs> and you just become like a savant of calling cats toward you. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. <gasps> yeah, except cats don't listen, so it's kind of flawed from the get go. I mean, Lady Catlin came every now and then. That's true. If 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 they think you have food, that's true. So just make your voice sound like you're shaking a bag of kibble. If you can, if yeah, if you can make your voice sound extremely close to a can opener, you're golden. <laughs> Michael Winslow is the only person who can call cats. Quinn didn't know that they were for her. But Sally was used to them, blowing kisses to the confused and sometimes disgusted boys. Both of them were still in the mindset that Sally was the dominant friend and Quinn was the lackey. That all, ch- <laughs> that all changed when Max walked up to them. Everyone knew Max. Everyone knew Max. He was the head of the wrestling team and helped out at the animal shelter. He was desirable, to say the least. <laughs> Sally and Quinn stopped dead in their tracks when they saw him coming. What could he possibly want with them? Hello, ladies. Oh, that guy definitely sounds desirable to me. To I say mean, the least. To say I'm the least. I'm just glad a, a male entered the story so that although we're told the women have switched their desirability, we now have a man to validate to that. Because before, it. it was just, you know, who knows? Because yeah. it, you know, it's just... Now we can evaluate these characters' worth. Right. So surprisingly, exactly. this passes... The Bechdel test. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he greeted. Why, you look gorgeous, Sally. Did you dye your hair brown? Because it looks perfect on you. Compliments, the purple dress. What purple dress? Sally asked, looking at Quinn to back her up. That's when they finally saw the transformation they've undergone. Sally screamed with horror. While Quinn quietly basked in the glory of her new look. Oh, God, I look horrible. Why do I have so much energy? Quinn wondered aloud. I feel like I could go shopping for ages. (laughs) What? Wow. That's not the end, right? No, no. Oh, good. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, that's the end. What? What? Uh, what a sentence. I'm, I'm sorry if I caused any confusion. Maybe I should go. Max said, but Quinn grasped his arm. 
So no. Wait, hold on. So Quinn's super stoked, right? Yeah, she's into it. Okay. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, everybody, but like, even if you were on the winning end of this exchange, and you You'd still be horrified, would you not be horrified? Like, I feel like you have an identity you just crisis. Became more attractive, like, like, because you're not yourself anymore. Exactly. So I feel like you would have, like, when you look in the mirror, it, dysmorphia. It freak, it freak me out. Like, yeah. I like your bone freak. structure changed. She went through <laughs> <Yeah>. radical transformation. <laughs> like, it's, I know. Yeah. Like it's it's like yeah, that might freak me out a little bit. This isn't even my final form. <laughs> if only I think if this was made into a, a short film, we'd have to put some bone cracking sounds over the transformation scene. I like it. Like make it some real Eldritch abomination shit. Cronenberg. <laughs> but but Quinn grasps his harm. No, it's fine. I'd like to talk to you more, if you don't mind. Quinn smiled. And by the way, I'm not Sally. My name is Quinn. So, where's Sally? Max asked, forcing Sally to raise a chubby hand. I'm right here, Sally said. Max did a double take. Sally, you look different. He said. What happened? I don't know. Sally screamed. First I'm slim and gorgeous. Now I'm wearing my granny's clothes and I'm super fat. Pointing a now chubbier finger at Quinn, she screamed. This is all your fault. Me? Quinn stammered, shocked. (laughs) Yes, you. Sally accused. It's all your fault that I'm not hotter than you anymore because, oh, everyone knows that you were the ugly one and you're jealous of me. If you can't think of a real reason why Quinn is to blame, then leave her alone, Max defended, standing up for Quinn before she burst into tears. Why are you so mean to her? I thought you were trying to make yourself look better by having her as a friend. So everyone saw through the ruse. They all saw it was a political ploy. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the point? <laughs> like everyone knows. Yeah, she's just friends with her because she's she's awful. Because kids and are she, terrible? True. Yeah, that's the answer right there. I'll drink to that. Mm-hmm. You think she was really my friend? <sighs> Sally scoffed. I had her as a servant, a piece of decoration. I would never have her as a real friend. I can't believe you're so mean, Max exclaimed, putting an arm around Quinn. It's okay, Quinn. You're now hot. How about you walk (laughs) around with me for a while? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I mean, that wasn't, the now you're hot wasn't in the text, but that's definitely implied, right? Mm -hmm. That, that's totally in there. Well, sometimes my job is to read between the lines. Am I right here? <laughs> to, to give the correct interpretation. I would say if you if you improved it and I was unsure whether it's improv, <laughs> then I would say then it fits. It because fits. if I wasn't, yeah. I mean, it's on the same tier as that. I feel like I could go shopping for ages lines. So <laughs> Quinn told him. Sally stood on the sidelines, outraged that Quinn had got someone who had desirable written all over him. But as she looked at her new self in a shop window, she realized that she wouldn't get anyone like that for quite some time. 
Meanwhile, inside the cafe, Zia Min sipped on a mango smoothie and smiled as Quinn and Max walked away together. The many similarities they shared would ensue a happy relationship. Zia's enchanted drinks that had both girls had drunk had caused all Quinn's faults to reflect onto Sally and no longer apply to Quinn. Basically, there was a hypocrisy spell on their, on their drinks that caused Sally to swap qualities with Quinn whenever Sally criticized Quinn. Sally would never bully one any anyone ever again. So, I don't know if you guys were following the story, but that, that's what happened. Okay. Were you guys lost? That ended really abruptly. Oh, we still got some more to talk about. <laughs> Once summer ended and the two transformed girls had to go back to school, they got quite a reception. Neither girl was recognized until registration came, when they were forced to answer to their names. Quinn was the center of attention, everyone wanting to know how she changed so much. Quinn played it cool, naming a Thank random, you. well-known diet as a reason for her sudden change. She made oh, plenty that's of, bullshit. She made plenty of friends, moved up the ranks, and became the new Queen Bee, encouraging inclusiveness instead of unattainable perfection, because she's the perfect one. We already discussed this. Now that she's no longer fat her real personality can shine through <laughs> which is right, not right? inclusive now that she's attractive people will listen to her ideas yeah <laughs> sally's demise, demise was cheered throughout the school most people fantasizing that her ego had become pure fat toasts were held in the name of karma parties were thrown and music was played sally would try to hit back but none of her insults hurt anyway everyone thought she was just jealous the worst part about it in sally's eyes was the lack of attention nobody wanted to be near her now before, she had a steady stream of hot boys worshipping the ground she walked on, although some of them were keeping a good distance away after they heard the heat of her heart of stone. But now she had no good looks to fall back on. She had nothing. Her heart of stone and new appearance combined to make the girl that couldn't get a date if she paid them. She still blamed Quinn for her appearance. Although the more time went by, the less she remembered about the event. Soon, she forgot all about the mystical Miracle Milkshakes Cafe. The End. And then she became fat again because, you know, that's not how skinniness actually works. You yeah. can't just magically become skinny and then it's perfectly fine. The end. The end. So, thoughts? Well, that was pretty uh, mixed in the message category. <laughs> it sounds like the author has some real issues with fat people and fatness as a concept. Maybe it's self-hatred. Maybe it's... More than that, I don't know what it is, but they really do not. But they're really anti-bullying. They're anti-bullying, but they they come about it in a very normative, like the yeah. person who conforms. You almost defend, yeah, that's really weird. That like it's almost like defending the bullying in some way, you know, like hey, it exists because you know there's standards of you know of what is like pretty. there's a hierarchy, right? Which is bullshit. Well, it, it as a moral tale, it almost read as like an old German fairy tale. Yeah, I was about to say like, it sounds a lot like a Grimm Brothers like oh, exactly. that what was deserved. Where it was like, okay, yeah, okay, the bad fair. person yeah. got a punishment, but it was like weirdly right. horrible and didn't actually address the like systemic the issues, yeah. just the person she, the individual. She issue. cut off her toe? The, yeah. She stuff, to stuff her shoe? Right. That's right. So, I feel like Historically, the biggest problem uh, uh, Wasting has with, the, with their stories is since they're all revenge stories, they do have to seem like have some moral mumbling. Like Hypocrisy Hunter sometimes seemed like they were just bullying people. I don't know. It's weird. So how do you guys like... I feel like this they one had the same problem. they got to work on neutralizing, their, making their descriptions of fat people more neutral. Like Porky, Wide Load, that is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> wide Load. Oh, God. Um, and just like realizing that people can be have great qualities, like obviously Quinn's got a great personality, but beyond that, like 
she reframes all the other attributes as things to be changed and altered, like yeah, right. to be removed. This is our protagonist and heroine, Fatty Fabby Bumbalati. <laughs> she dresses terribly and has garbage hair. She has garbage hair. She doesn't wear makeup, right? She dresses horribly. She's and she has through no fault of her what own. What a freaking clod! What a clod! But she's beautiful on the inside. It's like you you can't you can't this the second statement doesn't make up for the really intense description of you know. Because she could have been like, Quinn, you know, was overweight, but then Sally used those words. I don't know. They could Also, as a tale of self-improvement, it sort of sends this message that you need to take somebody else down. Like, there's a quota of cool people in the world. It's a zero-sum game. Claw yourself, yeah. In order to claw your way up, you have to bring someone back down. So that's not good. However, I will say it's competently written. Uh, very, very well written. Very descriptive. Oh, yeah. Um, and I wish Wasping had kept the positive energy of the first couple paragraphs. I think if they just wrote like a really cute story that was just positive and low conflict, I would really enjoy that. Especially for Zen Thomas, because he's he's not in hot. He's not coming in hot today. I'm not coming in hot. I'm firing on all, all barrels full of love. <laughs> um, I do got to say uh, they didn't need to um, summarize the plot at the end. Yes. Th- that little paragraph telling us what happened word for word. Mm-hmm. Wasping. We know what happened. We were there. <laughs> like, he didn't need to explain the... Ma- I wasn't like, how did they become fat? I was like, it was obviously it was the, the, the milkshake. But... My milkshake brings also, I wouldn't really call it a hypocrisy spell. Yeah, it's like... she's. It's not hypocrisy because you're not criticizing... She's not criticizing someone's fashion despite having terrible fashion herself or criticizing someone's weight despite having terrible weight herself like yeah she actually you know is the opposite she yeah this had nothing to do with hypocrisy because she wasn't sally wasn't like oh i'm so beautiful and perfect and you're so ugly and that's why we should love everyone regardless of it no yeah and then like you know also according to the author's framing of it sally had objectively better things she was objective like because that's the 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 point we have to make because the reason it's a it's a good trade-off is because quinn is now objectively better Right, yeah. according it's, to the so way not, the story is crafted. Yeah, so it's uh, according to the framing. And so it's not hypocritical in any sense, actually. It's the no. exact opposite. It's yeah. legitimate. Maybe there's a translation error. Yeah, yeah, you I, can I, just I, chalk everything up to a translation I error. I feel like it might just be like they like the word hypocrisy. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of people like to use that as a way to insult people when it's not actually hypocritical. Like when people, yeah. when smokers tell you not to smoke, that's not hypocritical. That's gained knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Well-earned life knowledge. This freaking freaking amputee told me to, like, watch, watch when war. I'm doing a, a, you know, a soldering iron. Like, uh, How do you amputate something out of soldering? Not, that's, not quickly. Not, <laughs> that was a hot fucking soldering iron. At least it'll coagulate like a lightsaber wound. Yes. I bought a soldering iron this week, and I was using it, and I thought this little coil of wire that came with it it didn't look yeah. like solder, so I was like, I thought it was just a thing that I could put around it to rest it on a surface, but it actually was solder. Oh, really no. So I, put it, I put my hot soldering out of it, and it immediately just melted all over my friend's coffee table, and I was like, <laughs> flipped out. I was like, oh, my God, and I quickly moved the soldering iron away, and hot solder goes all over the fucking place. <laughs> oh, that was a mess. Anyway, all this is to say, soldering iron's dangerous. Kids don't play with them, unless you have a cool electronics product to do, in which case, ask your parents first. I was trying to say Very skill gen. saw. I was trying to come up with skill, skill saw. Skill saw. Yeah. Uh, Probogen, you got any other thoughts on it before we do ratings? I mean, it's pretty relatively run of the mill. I mean, 
I didn't real nothing really was like, oh, this is really amazing, or nothing was like, oh, this is bad. So I'll just give it a straight and average two point five. We didn't have some uh, random Joe save the save the Mall of America from an AK forty seven wielding terrorists like last week. Uh, but yeah, I gotta agree with Parker Jen almost completely. The only problem I have with this story is the weird mixed messaging, morals, themes. But that's a much harder problem to solve. So I think two point five is fair. Even I, I'll give it a three. Uh, Charlie? Uh, yeah, not a lot. I'm not going to give a lot of analysis. I'll just say three out of five. Okay. Uh, it was written well, again. Yeah, I mean, I share the concerns about the messaging, but whatever. And then Thomas? 4.9 out of five. Harmful messaging to girls stops me from giving it the full five. <laughs> Did you like, really give, hang on, you gave it a what? You gave it a 4.9 out of five? Harmful messaging stopped it from being the next Harry Potter. Right, right. Because that, that's a terribly important factor, but it's only worth point, point one. There's point no, hang on. I'm calling <laughs> bullshit. There's no way. There's no way. So that leaves us with a four point. No, no. This no. is what Marianne Williamson no. would give it. What would Marianne Williamson do? Marianne Williamson would Marianne give Williamson. them a would contact the authors directly in an astral projection, come to them in their dream, and ask them to be kinder <laughs> toward themselves and toward girls. <laughs> and that's exactly what I plan to do. So Marion Williamson would cure cancer by running soaps over people's heads and then chanting some weird, no, you know, new age bullshit. Amortized to the Essential. value that this person is putting out in the world for the rest of their life, six out of five. <laughs> Lack of CBD. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're not taking these scores seriously anymore. We never were. Uh, yeah. So I'd say that average is what's like a 2.8, 2.9, something like that. Two threes and a two and a half. And a 4.9. <laughs> we are not hey, I'm the math that. guy. I know how numbers be. You have to acknowledge yeah, my score. He's not this is undemocratic. It's outrageous. <laughs> this is not a democracy. It's a representative republic where I'm the representative that was voted by the populace. If I give it a slightly lower score, will you count my score? If you give it like a <laughs> Define three slightly well, the only level. scores I'm allowed to give are the ones that fit. Oh, okay. I, see I mean, I just you feel I just feel gave like this Harry Potter. It's one page. It's like doesn't like, even have that interesting of a concept. There's no more backup Four out of five. Sometimes we are not. I, I do. don't don't that, that, don't you dare compare this to Gay Tales. Gay Tales. <laughs> All right, I'm giving That's this. Ridiculous. How about a three point eight? Okay, then we'll, we'll we'll bump it up to a solid three point one. Average three point two about yeah because it'd be weighted closer to three so right. three point two three point eight 3. out of one <laughs> <laughs> got him uh well we gotta take a quick break and calculate the 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 thing that just happened I got the abacus you got the abacus okay good does anybody have a compass like the little circle drawing thing I like no. those no that's all we need those two things those two we'll- things all you need but yeah we'll be right back after this break. Fun fact time. Here's a quick fact. I went to a sandwich shop today and had a wonderful time. That's all we have for fun fact time today. And we're back from the break. Where Barry Jen doesn't exist. 
Yeah, we, we, we mansplained too much, and we had to get our podcast card taken away. We were so. banished to the Shadow Realm. Which the Shadow Run was quite nice, I gotta say. Those damn SJW sent us to sensitivity training, and we learned how to be better people and nicer to women. <laughs> are you talking about SJWs or ASWs? ASWs, my what dude. What is an ASW? An oh, army surplus, surplus warrior. warrior. It's the <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Is that like and a exactly mod ninja? what you think? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's ex- it's like the people who go and buy all the military equipment from those army surplus like MREs warriors. and shit. Yeah. yeah. And oh, like, I love that. That's hilarious. They're like, oh, I have the Hollyport 9mm bullets, you know, for target <laughs> practice. But they're Just also, like, tangentially related to the people that are, like, sovereign citizens and are, yeah. like, just completely don't think the government has any say in anything they this do. This gold fringe means that this is an admiralty court, and that means you have no say over me. Sir, <laughs> this is a classroom. <laughs> uh, damn it. We need to get that. People who are listening... ASW, we need to get that to take off because it's that a, just. That, did y'all come up with that? Yeah, we, we did. Yeah, we did, and we, we wanted to. Like we that. need to get it trending. I don't have enough Twitter followers yet, so I have none. Well, I have like three. Anyway, uh, speaking of ASWs, I don't think Bender's Breakfast is one. I have no reason to believe that he is, but we're reading one of his stories today. Uh, he started on Fickwad.com in 2006, and this story was published. Uh, it was his first story published, and it was published in June of 2006 uh his bio is i don't know why he's his real name up here i'm not gonna say it but if you want to find him bender's breakfast on Fickwad, uh he's a mildly this is his he wrote this a mildly interesting writer much inspired by music dabbles in fan fiction always gundam wing writes original poetry and fiction always irrelevant and constantly mocks god and religion love her hate her she exists get over it what, uh, god, okay. wait god exists is that what the implication is? Is this person saying they constantly mock God, but it's also a woman and it definitely exists? Yes. Ah. Nice. And the and woke neoliberal take on. So she's a straight up anti-theist, or he's an anti. She, he. It's he. Is his? He's he's a he. So God is the one that he's mocking. Then. Yes, he's mocking God, but so she, yeah, he's just he, a straight up anti-theist. So yeah. he believes in God, but hates her. He hates her, and and you know. Uh, also, interesting. he's, he's always take. irrelevant. I think he meant irreverent, but he wrote right. irrelevant. <laughs> I'm almost positive they had to admit irreverent. Given that he has three unrated stories from 2006 on his thick wad, uh, I'm guessing that's pretty true. Self-fulfilling prophecy there. <laughs> so, also, that being so brazen with your Reddit atheism was only possible <laughs> back in 2006. <laughs> that was back in the time that was still cool, cool and edgy. That was back when I was an edgy atheist who almost bought a fedora Man, sliding doors. That could have gone down a wrong Dude, path. I almost bought a fedora. When they used to sell fedoras at Vans, I was so close to buying it so many times. And I, I Now, the Vans fedora is a strictly different Tom, look than the Walmart so, fedora. So, Thomas, <laughs> were you about to buy a fedora and then you like brushed and then you like ran into a man kind of yeah, like, ran into aggressively? An older man who looks suspiciously like me. Exactly. And, and, yeah, you see exactly where I'm going with this. And he said, You don't want that, son. <laughs> Believe me. Uh, that man's so- name, Carl Sagan. <laughs> so we're reading Teddy Bear Blues. Uh, like I said, it was published in June of 2006. And uh, the subtitle is A Devil is Given an Assignment to Seduce Some Good Christian Teens into a Life of Sin. If he fails, he will be demoted into cleaning toilets for disgusting imps. Lily, does he know that there is a. A what? That's the end of the subtitle. That's. Hey, hang on. Is this poetry? It? No, this is a uh this is a story. 
Can okay. we read it as if it's poetry? Is there a reason why you didn't link it to me? Is there? Oh, no I didn't forget to link it. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Sorry. Little little peeking out of the sausage is made, folks. <laughs> we don't just magically know the stories; we have to be linked to them. It's inside baseball, right here. Or in my yeah, case, man, I just it's inside it. baseball. I mean, you I, didn't know that I have an ERA of two point zero this season, which I mean, whatever that means. Early rise average. <laughs> early rise average. I, I have he a, rises at on average two o'clock in the morning. I have an ERA exactly. of nine point six nine. Oh God! I also have an OBS of um three or four. Which means my uh, I have onlooking bowel syndrome of three or four days a week, which means I have to have people watching me while I get rid of my irritable bowel syndrome. Well, I have um, an REI kind of near my house. <laughs> an REI, yeah. a recreational entertainment in- incorporation. <laughs> Whatever that means, yeah. <laughs> See. Uh, so are we all good to go on the story. You guys want to hear about the teddy bear blues? Absolutely. I can't wait. I'm like. You guys can't see it, but I'm jumping up and down in excitement. It really sounds like it. We the, li- <laughs> the little red phone on his bedside table rang. He rolled to take a look through the thin veil of sleep that had only just come to him. As angry as he was, it was his red phone, his direct line to the boss up in his smoke-filled office. It must be important, he thought to himself. He knows I only just got back. His arm, like a snake, wriggled out from under his ugly mustard yellow blanket and his fingers wrapped around the receiver and he brought it to his ear. Yeah, boss, what do you need? I'm sending you out again. What? He said, trying to hide his annoyance and anger. I only just got back from my last mission, which was assigned to me directly after I came back from the mission before that. I need my sleep. True as that is, you failed at both of these missions, and I don't feel you deserve any sleep. But, uh, sir, please have mercy. I can't do my job when I'm this tired. You obviously can't do your job when you aren't tired, either. I'm also not one to show anything even resembling mercy. Report to my office immediately to get your assignment. The what, boss. Kind of, what kind of work environment is this? Is this an Amazon warehouse? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Extremely hostile. It's, it is hell. I mean, it might actually be an Amazon warehouse. Oh. This is Jeff Hot Bezos take. up in the smoke-filled room. <laughs> the boss said coldly. It's Beazzlebub, Bezos Bub. Bezos Bub! Bezos Bay. <laughs> almost had it. Bezos was my bay, then he became my Bezos Bub. And now I have P and Bob. Now I have half his money. <laughs> yeah, he's my Amazon Prime because I come instantly when he he orders me. God damn it! God damn it. Uh, then there was a click and the line went dead. Damn it! The awoken man muttered, standing and pulling on his nice dress slacks that he so carelessly flung aside no more than fifteen minutes earlier. I know I'm not exactly amazing, but he could give me a break once in a while. It's not my fault I keep failing. There isn't anything I can do if people won't listen. I don't have any control over their thoughts. I can't make them do what he wants if they won't listen. He finished putting on his nice black Italian suit, straightened his red silk tie, slipped on his leather loafers, and pulled his long bond hair into a tight ponytail. Well, I have to see the hard ass that won't get off of mine. And he left his... my hard ass. <laughs> He's got a hard ass. Yeah, good for him. And he left his apartment to meet with the boss for another assignment. I do squats. 
<laughs> he walked into the third floor office that had become so familiar to him in the past week and a half. The waiting room was all black with scarlet carpet and white couches. A little receptionist in a hot pink blazer and black pants looked up at him as he entered. Oh, hello, Mr. Ball. The boss is one of one of your co-workers. She said, brushing her auburn hair away from her eyes. He'll be with you in just a moment. Thank you, Clara. He said with the best smile he could muster. Her outfit was killing his eyes. She wore it every day and every time he entered the office it made him want to throw up. The bright pink not only clashed with the scarlet carpet, but also didn't at all fit her. This might be because she had auburn hair, or might be because she was a massively overweight woman, well over 40, who was always wearing a pound of makeup. More with the fat shame. <laughs> He's a crossover? <laughs> crossover episode. Is this a crossover episode? <laughs> That's an intense description. Yeah. Also, I want to take issue with the fact that he described mustard yellow as ugly earlier in this uh, paragraph. I quite like the color mustard yellow. I do like mustard. Well, then yeah, you're I ugly. love mustard. Mustard's pretty great. That's pretty rude of you. Uh, fancy? <laughs> Wait, I'm Edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just kept going with it. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. He took his seat on the white couch as far away from her as possible and tried to distract himself from thinking about burning that disgusting jacket with her still in it. He looked at the magazines on the small coffee table in front of him and discovered that the number one actress in Hollywood was marrying an obscure artist from France. Quick, He's you had to name the number one actress in Hollywood. Who would it be? Scarlett Johansson? Paltrow. Uh, William Shatner. <laughs> I, th- I think Charlie got it. Charlie yeah, got it. Man. Char- Charlie, dude, that, was, that, was good, that was good trivia. I've been practicing. <laughs> He's- <laughs> He's- I have a teen people from 1979. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Scarlett Johansson playing William Shatner. Now that might be my kink, so let's let's not let's not oh. let's not let's tread lightly. Right, here. right, fair enough. <laughs> Don't want to. I'm, I'm, There's some. I'm reading what you're putting down. <laughs> he sighed and resigned himself to humming to himself. He didn't get even halfway through the blue Danube when Clara called to him. Uh, Mister Ball, the boss will see you now. He stood and made his way toward the poorly lit room that his boss sat in all day, making calls and handing out assignments. On his way in, he slammed in and almost knocked over the man who was exiting the office. Oh, gee, I'm sorry. I wasn't at all watching my... He began, but he immediately stopped when he discovered who it was. That asinine grin, that holier-than-thou air, it could only be one man. He, He instantly knew he was in for a reaming. Oh, why, if it isn't Mr. Ball. The well-dressed man standing across from him said as he fixed his suit. Word around the office is that you're up on the chopping block. Get out of my way, you pompous ass. I have an assignment to get. He said as he moved to enter on the opposite side of the man. The man stepped into his way. Oh, I'm pompous, am I? Well, take a look at the employee of the month plaque hanging on the wall in the boss's office when you get in there. You'll see that says Joe Azal. Know what that means? I'm better than you, and... Ball, get your ass in here right now. Came a loud and irritated sounding voice from the boss's office. Azal moved past him, but not him, but not before knocking him into a door jam. Good luck, peon. As Azal walked away, Ball sighed and adjusted his tie, walked into the boss's office. How are you guys feeling about this so far? I had no idea that's how door jam was spelled. I don't think it is. I would have spelled it 
door jam, like j- jelly jam, but it's one word. Oh, so for the people that don't see the text. It's spelled J-A-M-B. Oh. Jamba. It's, it's short for Jamboni, which is the inventor of the device. <laughs> oh my god, you're absolutely I forgot right. about that, actually. It's David, uh, David Jamboni, the leader of the Jamboni clan, who invented all sorts of door-related devices, including those little... Do not disturb things you get at hotels. Ah. So good man. I mean, Stop. other. I mean, their inventions were great, but I've heard they were a bunch of jabronis. They were called the Jamboni jabronis because they would just go around being jabronis all over the place. Well, that's fair. When you invent a lot of door-related items, like you gotta be a jabroni. Is that when you jam your foot while watching My Little Ponies? You're a jabroni. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I feel like My Little Pony. Man, fuck is... you guys. Hyena likes my jokes a lot better than you assholes. I mean, I just feel like. I don't, no, see, you're thinking of jabronis. <laughs> fuck you guys. Hyena likes my jokes way. <laughs> the room wasn't really that different from one he had just come from scarlet carpet, white furniture, and black walls. However, instead of a what a nice plush couch for visitors, there was one unpadded stiff back chair and the desk that stood across. From it wasn't the cheap particle board that Clara's was. No, it was mahogany, highly polished and gleaming in the low light. The room smelled, as always it had, like sulfur and cigar smoke. Well, welcome back to my office, Ball. Please have a seat. He slowly made his way to cushionless chair that sat directly across from the boss's desk. He couldn't see anything of the boss except a glowing quarter-sized circle that bobbed as he spoke and a massive silhouette. I brought you in here to discuss a few things. As you are quite aware, you have failed in your two pass assignments. I cannot keep you here if you cannot do your job. The glowing circle floated away from where Ball had supposed the boss's mouth was and into an ashtray that sat in plain view. Uh, I'm so sorry, boss. I just, I don't want to hear your excuses, Ball. You finished assignments in the past where there was much more opposition. Thus, there is nothing you can say that will convince me that your failures don't have anything to do with your slacking off. Ball lowered his eyes and started at his highly polished shoes. Yes, sir. I'm glad we understand each other. Now, Ball... I'm going to send you on another assignment, but you should know, if you fail at this one, I will be forced to send you back to scrubbing the imp's toilets. Ball's eyes widened with terror. Sir, you can't mean that. That is cruel and unusual punishment. I'm not exactly known for being kind, Ball. As much as you have proven to be an extremely valuable asset over the years, there are quite a few employees that have proven themselves to be just as useful as yourself. I can very easily replace you, so remember that. Your assignment is as follows. A large map screen descended behind him. There was a Protestant high school located in a small town in Washington. A red dot appeared on the map. The souls within its walls are ripe for corruption. Your job is to go up to the school and convince these teenagers to turn to premarital sex and drugs. Like they need any convincing, Jesus. <laughs> oh, he's going to introduce rock and roll. Yeah, he's going to... Well, I mean, I feel like if he introduced rock and roll, the sex and drugs would come, but... 
He's just going. He's just going to turn on Degrassi no, and let him go to town. That's not the easiest way. Oh, so he's just going to play with oh, actually, Zeppelin. You know what? Uh, Jazz actually was the oh. original rock. And Jazz put on some Zeppelin, put on some Louis Armstrong, and they'll oh, be. they're just going to. They'll be swinging and yeah. smoking reefer cigarettes and Jazz cabbage. Oh God. Jazz cabbage. <laughs> The boss said, handing over an envelope, which contained a picture of six teenagers sitting on the steps of a Protestant church. Once they have been spoiled, they will be much easier to tempt. Thus, the humans we already own will be able to keep them on the wrong path. This is an outstandingly easy job, Ball. Don't disappoint me. As the bus stubbed out his cigar, Ball spoke up. Sir, why am I to tempt these six specifically? Couldn't I take any of the other students? Ball, I've given you these six because they have been doubting their faith, and you are obviously off your game. Thus, I'm giving these to you as practice. Now, get going, the boss said, clipping the tip of a fresh cigar and lighting it. Ball turned and walked out feeling much more relaxing at going in. He thought about how simple I'd be to turn these kids into sinners. Half the work was already done by rappers and rock stars. He just had to show them how great life was when you do drugs and have premarital sex. Piece of cake. I wish this author was a little bit more uh, upfront or clear about what their messaging was supposed to be here. I'm, I'm but they mock God and they're irreverent. I'm so confused. I'm a- yeah, oh, actually, irrelevant. you know what? I-, I said that. I think it's stupid. I think it's a satire, guys. I'm actually still not 100% clear on the tone. Actually, I'm... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. This is because, yeah, they said that they were basically an anti-theist, yet this story is playing out extremely like a PSA, an after-school Christian special. Yeah. But we we gotta see what happens. Okay. Standing out in front of the building that housed the office he had just left, he took a close look at... Okay, that's a weird sentence. Standing out in front of the building that housed the office he had just left, he took a close look at the parameters of his assignment. It seemed simple enough. Tempt six faith-doubting teenagers into sinning. Then he noticed a parameter he overlooked. The form he was to take was a teddy bear? Immediately, he reached into his pocket, pulled out his cell phone, and dialed the boss. When he finally picked up, Ball said in a calm as a voice he could muster, A teddy bear? I have to tempt children into sin. While in the body of a teddy bear? <laughs> well, I had to give you a challenge, didn't I? You told me it was going to be easy. Well, I am infamous for lying, aren't I? You ought to take the form of a teddy bear. This is final. Now don't call me until you come back. And with that, there was a click on the boss's end, and the line went dead. He's got to get the kids to do lines off the teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> that would be snort cocaine epic. off the teddy bear's ball sack. I want hey, report I mean, by the end. This is basically night. just the plot of Ted. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> oh wait. So point of clarification. So are the sins specific? Premarital sex and drugs. It has to be that. Yes. Okay. Because then he just said, "Oh, I have to get him to sin." But it's, it's like, oh. But I thought he's, these, he's these have people to stuff some cocaine in his believe bubble. that like you sin constantly every day. single day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like every you know. If you have a bad thought or whatever, that's why you ask for forgiveness. So this shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, it shouldn't be too hard. I mean, so what would... Okay, so let me. I'll finish this paragraph, then I have a question. Uh, Ball stood, holding his phone to his ear, draw almost to the asphalt. The assignment was going to be the most painful thing he'd ever had to do. So what would be y'all's strategy if you had to be a teddy bear Stuck. and convince a bunch of 
Protestant teenagers who have been doubting their faith to do drugs and fuck each other. Uh, so what I would do is I'd make sure I'm a teddy bear, like one of those squeak ones that say things. So like, you know, I'd be like a cute teddy bear and I like you, you'd squeeze me. I'd be like, drugs are fun. Okay. Solid strategy. Tommy's hot. Yeah. I think I would basically start talking to them and be like, could any God allow this abomination of nature to occur? <laughs> in which the answer is clearly I'd, no. I'd, I'd go ahead and gaslight them into thinking that they were insane. And then nothing matters. Descent into like then they'll do drugs like to fix their mind, and then eventually they'll be having to turn tricks to afford their drugs, and <laughs> and they're yeah. done. Nice. I, I I personally would try and find like one of like the the one of them to be like the one that hugs the teddy bear while they sleep, and I'd whisper in their ears while they're dreaming to be like, "Drugs are good. Drugs are good. Fuck." Tommy, he looks cool. And then just doing that over and over again. So they're constantly dreaming about doing drugs and fucking Tommy. And then eventually it'll play out. I, I don't know how much time he has. Like That's, 20 seconds. That's how much time he has. He has 20 seconds to convince these kids to do some blow. Yep. <laughs> well, three hours later, he found himself lying on a roadside somewhere in Washington State in the body of a small brown teddy bear. He went to stand up and immediately spotted one of the girls who was supposed to tempt, and he lied back down again. As the girl walked past, she noticed a little bear and walked over to get a closer look. Oh, Callie, look at this poor abandoned teddy bear here on the road. Isn't it cute? Oh, Mira, yes it is. Why don't you pick it up and take it home? I wonder who lost it. Maybe I should leave it here in case they come looking for it. Mira, it looks old. I think it's been here for a while. Just pick it up and let's go. We need to hurry, or we'll be late. Uh, or we'll be late for our out study group. The girl named Mira leaned over and picked up, picked the bear up. She slipped it into the messenger's bag she was carrying. Ball hadn't expected that it'd be so simple to get close to these girls. Ball wasn't very happy about being stuffed in a backpack, and he was quite happy when Mira took him out to show her friends. Look what I found on the side of the road, you guys. Isn't he just adorable? I think I'm going to name him St. Peter. Now, hold on. These are Protestants. <laughs> yeah? They're not, they're not big fans of saint worship. That is true. Yeah, because like, even, uh, even ignoring like the deep theological divisions, I just feel like generally Protestant teenagers being raised in that environment aren't don't know. They don't know. I, I was a Protestant teenager. Well, right. I wasn't a Protestant, super Protestant teenager, but the Protestant worship I, I don't learned... don't really care about saints. We didn't talk about saints. No. Near no, at all. Not at all. Like, also, St. Peter's a pretty big name to give to a teddy bear. Like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> the guy who commands... Well, maybe it's an insult. The first it's old and, like, worn down. Like, maybe it's, like, a Catholic slight. Oh, maybe. Well, it's gonna be... oh. well the other alternative is naming the guy Jesus. <laughs> Hey, this, this is the whore Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Could have gone a little more balls to the wall with their Catholic slides. But yeah, no, maybe. Well, I know, wait, wait, wait. Specifically a Catholic slide, though. You know, like making a saint as opposed to, like, they can't insult Jesus, but they could insult, you know, St. Peter. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. So it's yeah. kind of like a, a slight just to, like, compare. It's like, oh, they think saints are so important. And so where it's like saying our stuffed our plush yeah. animal. Oh, yeah. all right. Like that's it. some 5D chess. I, I like can it. see that. So either Bender's Breakfast is showing off their intense knowledge of theism and their againstness to it, or they're showing off their irrelevancy. These um, kids are incredibly with I'm going to go with proper gents analysis, because that sounds really cool. Although that's I, pretty, yeah, if these just, kids are naming them to mock the Catholic saint worship, 
I like it. One more point of, uh, so is it just any drug they have? He just has to convince them to do any like, drugs like, because- Like a little weed. I don't feel Fucking like- Motrin, I, anything, guys. I don't Come on, feel like it's it. a stretch to be like, there is an objective spectrum to how hard it is to get people to do certain drugs. Like, like, like wait, Advil. can they do coffee? Like, can what? they do coffee? Yeah, or are they Mormon teens? Is it, what's Could the they drink a Diet Coke? Uh, uh, they're Protestant, right? Dry, dry oh, yeah, Mormons are considered Protestant, right? So, no, but like, okay, it would be much easier to get them to like, hey, let's let's uh, smoke a bowl of weed than to be like, hey, you kids want to try some blow or like some H? Yeah, uh, well, I, I, guess uh, I, I can only speak t- for myself, but it was really easy to move me from weed to coke early on in my you know. But from Protestant life. to coke is probably harder than Protestant to weed, and probably Protestant to as coke someone that went to a Protestant <laughs> private school, as we, I did blow, as we know of. <laughs> As we know, there is a Protestant to of sin. Of the different denominations. You have Catholic, Protestant, blow, weed. <laughs> weed. Un- premarital sex. Everything. Catholic, you know, we weed, Protestant, way. coke. <laughs> I mean, I feel like premarital sex might be one of the harder things to get them to do. Yeah. Because they're all friends, too. Because right. that, that requires two like people on that the same page. That requires one of them both. That requires I mean, at least somebody in this group to be good at having sex. And speaking of someone who was in high school at one point... I was in no position of premarital sex with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, even if I wanted to be a sinner, and boy, howdy, did I. I could not. I've done it. In high school. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ball, if you were trying to tempt me through a teddy bear. Of course. I just couldn't get it done. I disappointed you, and it probably cost you your job. Also, didn't do any drugs in high school, but I was nowhere near well, Ball would have hated you. Yeah. You have, to, you have to tempt this atheist kid to do drugs and have sex. And he's trying so hard, man. Ain't happening. Just, yeah. The drugs are in front of you. Just pick them up. Yeah, I feel like that's well, a huge missing voice. I don't, I don't think my parents voice. would like this very much. That's a massive missing voice in all these narratives. It's like, what about the poor little goody two-shoes atheist kid? No one's trying to <laughs> yeah. tempt them because they don't have any devil to come after them. So they just got to figure well, it out on going themselves. they to hell already, so. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they did. I like how in this, the losing their faith is like the final straw toward doing drugs and <laughs> well actually or like doing drugs doing drugs and premarital sex is the final straw that helps them lose their faith well, i feel like it's often the other way around. in all seriousness yeah. that's kind of why i actually i well maybe in real life but as far as like uh christian narrative i i say that that's that's why i brought up that it seemed very psa like is because yeah. that's usually the way it goes down in these like christian, christian films is like oh it's like oh i'm not sure maybe maybe i am wrong about this whole jesus stuff and then they start like doing bad they stuff. start doing drugs immediately yeah because, oh yeah cause, instantly because if it was the other way around it wouldn't work as well for the narrative that'd be like, too realistic and yeah. that would imply that like those crises of faith quote unquote are natural progression of like just how Thinking we develop or whatever but as opposed to the devil we get in his way the, but, the evil one i mean when it comes to the drugs thing i don't know it's just you know basic it's not i don't know i don't know why christians are against drugs the drug the war on drugs was started by like not really that christian of people <laughs> like, so i don't fucking know uh, when does that stop christians that is a good, <laughs> good point, point. yeah <laughs> Glancing around as he was shown off, he noticed that the group was in presence of the exact group of teenagers he had to be sent to tempt. It surely was his lucky day. The kids were studying creationism science for their biology class. <laughs> this is this guy's definitely empty. <laughs> I think we're, we've creationism science. Uh, we actually did you guys have that in your textbooks? Yes. Uh, 
We had. Well, I didn't go to school I, in Texas, so yeah. Well, I went to a private school in Michigan, so. Oh, damn! You had it there too. Mm-hmm. What was a private that private up. school? Oh yeah. Yeah. So my school, we had like maybe a paragraph on it, and it was like creationism is a thing. Someone said we, at some point it was definitely we not had a lot more. And then also we didn't talk about evolution very much though. So it was like Oh yeah. We didn't talk that. about creationism too much, but we didn't talk about we talked about evolution more. Eight thousand years ago the world was created. And then my biology professor didn't bring up creationism. It was just like in the book. Like right, it was right. like a side paragraph. It must have been the same way for me, yeah. Yeah. Cause like my, my professor definitely didn't talk about it. But he also approached evolution in such a weird way. He said, You don't say I believe in evolution. You accept the evidence for. I understand it. Oh, yeah. And I think <laughs> what he was saying is so that people who would go and tell their parents, it sounds like he's like not. Right. Actually, fl- even, though, know, I, even though what he's actually saying is that you don't have to believe in it because it's true. That was pretty similar to my experience because I also remember that like we were never taught in, in public school that creationism was a thing. But when they did talk about evolution, you're right. They did. They were very like walk on eggshells. Yeah, they, they were, were like, very like, okay, so we're just talking about science. Like, I'm just trying to teach you science. I don't care about personal beliefs. I'm sorry if this, you know, is like, okay, but but if you don't, then just just tell them. But yeah, and I think it was partially because a the statement made sense. You don't need to believe evolution because scientifically, as a theory, under that framework, it's not. Well, yeah, it's like people talking about believing in, evol- in climate change. Like, yeah. oh, I don't know. I or don't know if I believe or in anything it. like that. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. It's it doesn't- well. To be fair, gravity doesn't exist. It's the the, <laughs> earth, the Earth is just moving up. Oh yeah. At, well, yeah, nine point eight meters per second squared. Exactly, it's moving up in an infinite cylinder into right, the yeah. firmament. You could have you could have gone more than one direction with that statement. You could have trolled me, but yeah, <laughs> we're no. just talking about science. We're talking about science here. Okay. Ball solace is a golden opportunity to net these kids. Go back home here and finally get some badly needed rest. So, the great Lord God created Adam and Eve, and then cast them out. They then begot sons and daughters, and from that the human race was created. Mira was saying when Ball stood up. And you believe that? All the kids. <laughs> Wait, the teddy bear? Imagine. You're sitting in class. This this goody two-shoes kid's just reciting the fucking Bible. <laughs> creationism Bible and said begot like a fucking narc. And a goddamn teddy bear stands up and shouts at you. I would be like, I took the wrong acid. This wasn't what I, this is not I'm what I I'm already on drugs, apparently. No. <laughs> All the kids looked at the bear shocked. They jumped back and their eyes became as big as dinner plates. Suddenly, a blonde girl sitting opposite Mira in the circle began screaming. It's possessed. It's possessed. Kill it now. And she threw her book at Ball. It almost hit him, but he jumped aside and it missed. Come on, Ball said, moving into the circle once again. Think about it. If there was only Adam and Eve when the world began, and they only begot three sons and two daughters, then there was some incest going on, which the Bible and church are adamantly against. Going for the incest fetish as the first move to premarital sex is a bold move. <laughs> well played, Ball. Well that's played. Like, that's like playing chess and bringing your king out of protection. Like your, <laughs> your first couple of moves. Like, come at I me. I didn't interpret it as that's a part of the strategy to get them to premarital sex. I thought he's just trying. He's trying to instill right, that the Bible is not Christianity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but if you look at it in the more funny way, it's like, if that's wrong, and that's I was, I what else agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely on the board of incest. I'm with down to say the devil likes incest. 
So is the devil well, George yeah, R. R. Martin? This, this crazy <laughs> book says incest is wrong. What else is wrong? See, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that I agree with the devil right now. You know, sue me. Incest is wincest. Next, he's going to go to the porn front that. page. <laughs> That's our trailer. Yeah. Have I ever mentioned about Pornhub? <laughs> <laughs> Sandy was still screaming, and a guy named John attempt- was getting was attempting to get her to quiet down. Everyone still looked shocked, but it seems Ball got them thinking. I do uh, <laughs> I see you guys are giving it some thought. Here's another t- little tidbit. The Bible makes no mention of prehistoric monsters, yet we still get fossils that date back well past 2,000 years ago. This was, there was a commotion as Sandy's backpack began to move. Something was squirming around within. It stopped soon after, and one of the boys moved to open it and investigate. Be careful, Jake. It might be a demon, Mira whispered. Did he say 2,000 years? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Gotta say this. A, yeah, his even, knowledge of what creationists believe Even younger creationists don't believe the world's 2,000 years old. Yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, they believe it's 8,000 years to, old. Exactly. Yeah, because if it was 2,000 years old, that'd be 19 years after Jesus was reborn. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy doesn't know religion, so that makes his like anti-theist bullshit just stupid. It's like, can you at least read up on the shit if you're going to be against it? Just as a very early critique, it, it I'm getting a lot of vibes of like uneducated atheist, where it's like, oh, they believe this. They believe you idiots. Uh, it's so dumb because like, th- there's a book right there that's the most popular book in the history of mankind that you could just fucking read. Now, there's a free say, copy, and every single hotel, whatever. You can also just like, walk just, into a church and they'll give you a Bible. I mean, you can't leave with it. But then it. you have to read the Bible. No, they'll probably, they'll probably, I mean, I've read it. But. That is the problem is you have to read but it. But if you're going to eat, I, I've always believed you should have to actually read what you're critiquing. Like, if you're if you're going to just, you know, start complaining out of your ass without actually reading the source material, then what are you even doing? Dude, but read and that's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next on Barry Gems, the Bible. <laughs> Two, Can we read the Bible? Let's see if of this little Can we note. see if it's better than Harry Potter? Someone posted this to a clay tablet. We're not going to say who. Okay. <laughs> But in the beginning, we found these dusty ass scrolls. No one's ever seen them before, and they say some whack shit. We were just on Cafe Press, Cafe Press slash Dead Sea Scrolls, and uh, <laughs> we found this uh, these nice texts. Shouted Sandy and John again. Try to keep her calm. The only thing in there is my little stuffed duck. At this moment, Jake opened the backpack, and out jumped a little yellow stuffed duck. Hey, don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. The fossils were put here by the devil to turn you away from God. Did we establish that there was a duck entity? There's there's now a duck entity. Wait, whoa. Did I? What do you guys know about me? I'm a duck. There's a talking stuffed duck? Yes, it came out of the other backpack. So is this what an angel? Or something? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does seem an angel has entered the battle. <laughs> okay. All right, let's 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 do this. The duck called, flapping its wings for emphasis. Who in the holy hell are you? Ball said, narrowing his eyes, investigating the duck closely. Oh, he just said holy hell. See, I told you he was a demon. 
Uh, Mr. Duck. Solid argument. I'm a little cur- curious who you are myself. <laughs> Mira said, looking quite confused. Oh, I am Daniel Duck. Anyway. He said to Paul, it's like not an answer. That didn't, that did, hello? That didn't answer that my didn't fucking an- question. You're a stuffed duck and you're talking. Like That doesn't answer the question. He said, turning back to Ball. If heaven, hell, and God don't exist, how do you explain us being here? If we aren't an angel and a demon, then what are we? Uh, well. I mean, I got to give the duck a point there. That is a solid argument. Well, uh, I'm this okay. I'm not good. I can't even do words right now. I'll let I'll let someone else say something. This is ridiculous. I mean, wait. So, but so the demon. The my my issue is that the demon is just supposed to tempt them to do sin, right? It's not yeah. trying to disprove God because obviously in this story's construction, yeah, he just God went, is real because yeah. the de- devil's real and demons are real. So yeah, the bears had to convince him to like smoke a little weed. So he wanted this. He is terrible at a shop. He wanted this ass backwards. No he, wonder he sucks. Like, well, he sucks. Yeah, clearly Tim's hot. Job, I think that's Tim's what hot. Marijuana is good. You should do that and not even try to assault their yeah, spirituality because then they'll be on defense. Maybe the devil was correct and like. Look, all I'm saying is that if the Bachelorette, the new Bachelorette, has taught me anything, it's that good old Christian women can still have premarital sex, and it's perfectly fine, and <laughs> Jesus still loves them. Like, so this shop would should be really easy for him. Yeah, and especially since like I think uh, the Protestants aren't too against premarital. Some Protestant divisions aren't that against premarital sex. Like I don't know. Well, it's all a cultural thing. So yeah. it's like even if they I mean, still say I mean, they Jesus are, it's still just the fact me. that most people that yeah, are that still yeah. even and still identify as strong Christians will still you know have yeah, premarital sex. They don't fun. care because it's it's a cultural issue. All what these things. I are. would do now is I rewind this episode with Hannah Brown and Luke P and be like, see, she says that, you know, Jesus still loves her and she had premarital sex. Why don't you? Yeah, guys, they didn't really need to talk to brother Jed about all this. Yeah, why didn't why didn't the the, the teddy bear chill with them until they watched the Bachelorette? Brother Jed. <laughs> <laughs> he stuttered, then he thought of it. Uh, 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 have you, have you ever heard of Scientology? How do you know I'm not the soul of an alien trapped in a teddy bear's body, huh? Oh, come on, you know Scientology is a crock? Daniel was right. Only psychos like Tom Cruise believe in that sort of thing. (laughs) Fine. Then how about Buddhism? Ball thought he had, really had him right there. Do you really think human souls are reincarnated as stuffed animals? Again, Daniel had a point. Don't listen to this bear. He is ball. He was sent here to tempt you guys. Mira looked shocked. Is this true? She asked ball. Absolutely not. I are. Daniel had jumped up on a table and picked up a cross. He ran at Ball and pushed it against him. Ball's lovely brown fur began to sizzle and he screamed. Ball grabbed at Daniel's wing that was holding the cross and pulled it hard. The seam started to rip and come off, throwing both Ball and Daniel backwards in opposite directions. Ball stood up with the huge cross-shaped burn on his chest still smoking. Okay, this is the best story we have ever read. <laughs> this is epic. I'm on the edge fight. of my seat right now. All right. You want to fight? Bring it. Daniel charged him and knocked him over. He successfully ripped off, ripped off Ball's right arm with his beak and spat it onto the floor. Woo! 
Ball jumped on Daniel and rode him like a bronco, attempting to rip one rip one of his beady little plastic eyes. Daniel eventually was able to buck him off without losing his eye. Daniel once again charged at Ball and instead of knocking him over, made him stumble backward, where he was impaled on a pencil that was sticking out of a book, earlier been used as a bookmark. Daniel waded over to him. This is like Battle of the Bastards with stuffed animals. This is epic. <laughs> this is pretty intense. <laughs> What part of the good side always wins, don't you demons understand? See you at Ragnarok. Okay, let's point out. What? Ragnarok is not a Christian thing. No, not at all. No, it's absolutely not. But it's uh, I'm riding with it at this point. This is hilarious. <laughs> I love this. This is like, I would imagine like this starts out as a pretty standard preach. Imagine you go into a pretty standard Christian movie. And it, it's your aunt this? brings you whatever, and then it turns into this. I would love that movie. <laughs> and then the newsboys <laughs> just start playing in the background. Yeah. Wait. What? Hey, everybody, let's go see the newsboy. Wait. Yeah. What if? What if he means see you at Ragnarok? He means like he's ta- He's like saying he like he's ignoring Ball and he's talking to the teens. Like, hey, you guys want to go see Ragnarok? Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> then he punched uh, his remaining ring into Ball's chest and pulled out a hard little ball of stuffing that had been serving as a heart. Ball, f- so Ball didn't do so well. We can all agree to that. He didn't do anything that we suggested. And not at all. Not at all. Which is why he will be scrubbing toilets now, presumably, for the rest of his life. Which I bet is a long time for demons. It's at least 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely true. (laughs) Ball found himself again in the boss's waiting room with that horribly ugly woman and that horrible ugly blazer. Ball, the boss will see you now. Ball entered the office, hanging his head, and without waiting for the boss to invite him to sit, he plopped onto the stiff black chair. Ball, you have failed me again. You didn't even get one of those kids to seriously question their faith, and you got your ass kicked by an angel and a stuffed duck's body. I already warned you about failing this time. I'm putting you back right where I found you. You have been demoted. As the boss said this, a janitorial uniform dropped in his lap. You are to report to the imp sector at 8 a.m. tomorrow. You will be scrubbing their toilets. Ball couldn't even bring himself to protest. He knew that there was no way to change the boss's mind. He stood up, his head still down, and walked in the office with a uniform in his hand. He reported to his new boss at 8 the next morning with and was given bleach, sponges, and a toilet brush. He grimly spent the majority of his days on his knees cleaning the disgusting filth that covered the floors of the imp's bathroom, every now and then having to scrub the same area after an imp came in and left his ugly little hoof prints all over the place. About 15 minutes before a shift of hell was going to end, a man walked in. Why, hello, Ball, he said, and Ball jolted from the haze he had been in all days as he cleaned the filthy bathroom. That's all. Why are you down here? Oh, I came to visit you, he said in that smarmy voice he always used. I thought you might like to hear about how they've gained 15 souls in the last two days, he told Ball as he washed his hands and fixed his hair in the mirror. How wonderful for you. No need to be rude, he dried his hands. I shall now take my leave. Enjoy scrubbing these urinals and don't forget to change the cakes. He moved to walk out. Oh, and one more thing. He turned and looked Ball right in the eyes with an evil little smile. You should know that Scientology is a crock. <laughs> he turned away laughing and walked out. The end. 
All right. Well, first comment, I just want to comment that that voice that uh, Proper Gent was doing was very much like a mix between like Ben Shapiro and Ted Cruz. And the more I think about it, I'm like, well, you know, maybe that makes sense. It's in hell. So yeah, um, uh, you see the new I, Ted Beers is Ted. I said Ted Beard. Ted Be- uh, did it again. <laughs> Ted Cruz is still trying to rock the beard, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Ted Beard. Look, look, all I'm saying is that facts right now are destroying your logic, and you know facts what? Don't care about your feelings. That, those facts feelings just destroyed our logic. Those facts destroy. They <laughs> they triggered our feelings. us. They triggered They've our emotions. A- Look, it's just because you guys aren't an ASW like me and my fellow compatriots. You just wouldn't understand. Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, uh, Ben. So. Anyway, I enjoyed that story. Yeah, so yeah, what do you guys think of this? It was a little scattered, but uh, competently written. Terrible yeah. ending. Ending. Yeah, terrible ending. The, I feel like it should have ended with a better punchline. Because I feel like... The, yeah, I, punchlines. I like the idea of the punchline ending because it was kind of like cheeky. But I feel like... Something like you had the teddy bear blues or something like that would have been better. And then also ending I, on the quote or something like that. Instead of like... That was... Yeah. Um, I don't know what would have been the better thing. I'm not going to suggest a different ending, but that ending was very lackluster. Especially since like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the Scientology thing. Yeah. I've got, I've got one last like content critique, which is <laughs> that... Uh, so the the logic behind why he didn't get promoted or whatever is that he didn't have even a single of them quote unquote challenge their faith. Okay, but they did. If you they saw did two plush animals have a a mortal fight for the justice of the universe. I I think you would be questioning not just That's, your faith, but literally everything you've ever known. Yeah, I would be questioning a lot of things like. Also, if you if you see a, things cr- claiming to be an angel and a demon fighting, like that instantly shows you, like, hey, maybe the Christians aren't wrong about some things, right? Yeah, like if this demon's clearly trying to tempt you into disbelieving the Bible, and this duck comes to life and tells you to believe in the Bible and fights the demon to a draw or to <laughs> yeah. death, like I think they're maybe both I should wrong. start believing in God. Mm. <laughs> uh, it didn't really make okay. So while it was funny, I think there were a lot of like a lot illogical you know issues that were happening throughout the entire thing and honestly i i i don't care for this you know this book that much because it's coming from a place of ignorance it seems like you know like hey here's a summation of what i think other people believe in their religion yeah like, i definitely and- think i think you're onto something in that like it's pointing fun at at, at christianity but it's not necessarily giving it the fairest shake like, have you ever heard of an uneducated satire? Because that's weird. I think it's making fun oh, all of all religion pretty equally because yeah. that's why when the demon, it was like trying to present Hinduism as himself, but then he was like, oh, he was trying out other religions. Oh, well, what if I'm a Scientologist or what if I'm a, a Buddhist? And so, you know, it's very like false equivalency, in yeah. my opinion, of all those different things. It's like, oh, that's, that's yeah. I'd say I'd say equivocating Scientology to Buddhism or Christianity is is nonsense. It's unfair. That is an unfair equivalency. Well, I mean, sign, yeah. I mean, which even, I feel like even for people that all of us are probably not religious, putting Scientology with that group is yeah. somewhat problematic because it's not. It's literally. A scam. It's not. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Whether or not that was an intention, um, I don't know. Probably. Right. Right. That's. Yeah. It's a it could just be that it was bad. Execution. That could have been the intention. So. Well, but. now you've made it awkward because I'm a Scientologist. <laughs> and I'm deeply offended. <laughs> oh. What's your Satan uh, level? 
I'm gonna have to leave this. I'm How sorry. How much have I you donated go. to the church? Are you aware of the secrets that I'm aware of? I'm a level six, <gasps> dude. I'm a recovering level so. seven Thetan. I oh. I go to Scientologist Anonymous. He was basically like I, a junior grandson of R. L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> exactly. We had a good time on a boat in the middle of the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> six out of seven. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we got a rating from Thomas, six out of seven. Uh, any other thoughts from anybody about this? I know we cut you off a little bit, proper gent. You were anything to complete? Nah, it's two out of five. Two out of five. Okay. Uh, I feel like we don't get down into the ones territory nearly enough, and I feel like the fours are just empty. We need to get some fours on the board. <laughs> I, I personally, uh, as far as pure enjoyment. Completely ignoring anything else, uh, that was that was pretty great. So I was, I'm, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Okay, so you really enjoyed it. I, d- I did. It was uh, now that it's acceptable to give things four. I'm going to give it a four as well. <laughs> I mean, all right now I'm, we broke I'm going to give it a one now. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Just renormalize the score. But so um, the way I f- we've made our rating system political. So the way I I mean I thought it was a really fun story. I thought it was really like you know lighthearted. Um, then again, I'm not christian so i maybe this would be a little more um insulting i don't know probably not i don't know uh one thing i'd say it's not very marketable and that's gonna lose some points on the harry potter scale because i don't think i think if you're gonna market something to america you need to have some christianity in it and some genuine christianity so i didn't even mention the fact that jesus invented the remington bolt action rifle i know it wasn't even in there no. Or the fact that... That was how, a gross uh, neglect. Or how Jesus parted the Mississippi River so that we <laughs> get so that St. Louis could get their hush puppies on time. That's true. That's true. But so I, I'll give it a three and a half. They sent their baby down the river in a KFC bucket. <laughs> <laughs> that's this. That's where... He, Jesus created the secret urban spices. Well, yeah. Yeah, he made them. And frankincense and myrrh going... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I give it three and a half. So that what three and a half, two fours, and a one is something like three. Three, three and a half. I'm gonna give mine a uh, square root of negative six. <laughs> so I square so root of an six. Imaginary number. So good fucking <laughs> luck. <laughs> I square root of six, which is equal to square root of two, square root of three. So like. Like two. You gotta do this in the complex plane now, dude. You gotta use Pythagoras' theorem. Well, it's I 2.4 or something. So it's the imaginary 2.4. Um, but we only deal with uh, real stories. But they're in imagination land. So I guess I make it like a four. Solid math. All right. But yeah, so uh, that was Teddy Bear Blues, the written by the irrelevant, self described irrelevant uh, Bender's Breakfast. Who, who is now dead. Um, and in hell. Uh, well, apparent, I mean... And loving it. God, she would be really mad if she read this. and Because she knows that he, he accepts her. It's like the only way to get into Mormon hell is like if God proves to you that God exists and you say, fuck you, and then you're like, I don't believe in you even though I know that you exist because you proved to me. It's like the, that he's doing that in his bio. So don't know where he's going to go. But yeah, so any last thoughts or collections or musings or plugs or anything about the world? Absolutely not. Um, 
To be I'd like or to not plug to be. Marianne Williamson in her message of love and peace. This is going to be so outdated by the time this comes out in the next. It's probably because she'll wish she'll win the primary. Right, by right. Then. Because she'll as we're be recording this, she's so. polling at about 0.5 percent, and so the reason this is going to age poorly is that when you're hearing this, she'll be polling at about 0.5 percent. So you see the <laughs> confusion. <laughs> the spiritual advisor of the United States and all of us, and she'll keep. She'll be the, nice I'm the, the spiritual leader of, of the entire United Nations, and will be ruling over all countries as. The spiritual conscience of our species. Yeah, I, more like. I think you might be wrong here. I'm reading the live blog that 538 saying right now. Apparently, Marion Williamson is winning the debate right now. So, oh, oh, of course. I love it. Oh, I have no so, doubt. I'm already starting to see those memes. You know those memes that came out around um, when Jeb was lost? And every time there'd be an election for the next, like, until now, <laughs> there would just be a, a picture Jeb of Jeb winning the election. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeb uh, winning every Jeb. single seat. Like, those are starting to come out for Marianne, and I'm very pro those because I love those memes. I post them every time a Jeb an, a Jeb election happens. Well, Jeb That's had great. the advantage of carrying little toy little tortoises in his pocket because you know what? You keep a pocket oh, full of turtles, slow and steady. Wins the race. <laughs> the yep. race. I love Jeb, and I wish he was. I don't wish he was our president. Low energy. But I do wish he was my dad. <laughs> well, you know what? I have to say, political daddy Jeb is a mess. Daddy Jeb. <laughs> Love that video. So low energy. <laughs> so low energy. So, so that's what you want in a Jeb. Not necessarily race. in a politician, but in a Jeb. You want low energy. Slow that's true. Uh, anything else to plug? I, I've got to plug in my phone. You got to plug in your phone. My phone's plugged in. Oh, no, wait. I can plug it in. And... Speaking plug. of plugs, uh, don't forget to tip your local drug dealer. Those are great plugs. So make sure to check out Barry Gems on Patreon. Yes, we that have thing. our Patreon up that now, is totally hopefully. for sure finished. And, <laughs> and if you do that, uh, I'll be your plug. So just con- hit me up. Oh, is that like a a sexual request? Uh, it can be whatever you want. Just hit me up at Charlie at uh, notarealemailaddress.com, and I'll uh, get back to you. Okay, sounds good. You remember that's Charlie at notarealemailaddress.com, and right. it's not with a K, right? Link in the bio. Like, yeah, you know, not with a K, like exactly, like, right, like, right, not, not obviously, or else it would be, yeah, misleading. It, it'd be ironic. otherwise, it would be uh, confusing. Yeah, I'm already confused. Where are we talking? What, what, what's going on? Well, what's going on is that, yeah, we can go join our Patreon. Uh, we have two tiers as of now. You can pay us a dollar a month and you can chat with us whenever you want on our private community Discord. Or if do we have one of those, yes, we do, we are in it right now. Oh, god, uh, then. For the cost of a plane ticket plus $200, I will fly to your city, go to your backyard, bury gems in your backyard, and give you a PhD in internet literature. Also, we'll grab a drink <laughs> or something. Okay, I like all of these tiers. Uh, and maybe we'll come up with more tiers. I'll be saving up my money, for sure. Maybe for If you have for, any tiers, please suggest it at barrygems at gmail.barrygemspodcast.gmail.com yeah, if you have any suggestions for, for $20 an hour for a guaranteed four years I'll come work for you <laughs> also as if you're looking for tears um, I can provide those but that happens mainly at night when I'm trying to go to bed yeah and it's every night so that's helpful but you, you can know. collect them right oh, okay that's a good point yeah you know you can get they got those little scoopers you yeah. can get if there are any uh, large government funding agencies out there with decisions to make about graduate students and their fellowships in the coming year, all I have to say is support us on Patreon, and you can also support me through the rest of my PhD. Ah, there you go. Uh, and, you know, 
if you ever need uh, help with your PhD, Thomas, we do know Seth and Hyena both have multiple PhDs. I mean, Seth has like seven or eight. Yeah, it's so a lot. It's 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 quite a few. I don't know who Hyena is. I don't remember the pseudonyms at this point, and I won't make you explain. He's a literal so Hyena. Let's just say he has a PhD friend. in uh, cold sand. Was it? Yeah, cold sand. Very, very cold sand. Right, you have to get specific or else the PhD doesn't count. He, yeah, just, doesn't he only count. has like a master's in sand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, you gotta get specific. Well, I think... I, well, good for him. Yeah. Well, I think we're just out, about out of time. Um, teddy bears eat my face at night. That's a fun thing to say All right. to somebody. Yeah. Teddy bears eat my face at night. Yeah, yeah. It's really scary and it doesn't feel right. Teddy bears. And cut... Hey, the stories, you know, they might take off. And if you have any other stories you think might take off, feel free to email them to us at barrygenpodcast at gmail.com. 